You're listening to Love Well with Holly. On this podcast, we share real life stories and experts' knowledge to help guide you and walk alongside you in all phases of womanhood. We are here to educate and empower you to take charge of your health so that you can love yourself and others well. We are so glad you're here. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. We have some really good friends of mine here, Taylor and Molly Franklin, and I'm just going to go ahead and let them introduce themselves. I am Molly Franklin. My husband is here. I'll let him introduce himself. (laughs) Taylor, nice to meet you all, I guess. I don't know how this works. Virtually? Yes. Um, We have been married three years, just over three years. Both live here in Nashville. Both grew up kind of in the Nashville area. We went to college in Kentucky together. Well, not together. We actually met after school through a group text. Long story, but you know, Ooh, that's, that's a good not story. what we're here to talk about. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's us. Awesome. So today we are talking about something that I'm just going to go ahead and put a disclaimer out there for anyone. We are going to be talking about miscarriage today. Um, So if that's something that is not comfortable for you to listen to, um, please turn off here because moving forward, that is what we're going to be talking about with Taylor and Molly. So I'm just going to start as to Molly, kind of how we got to the point of the miscarriage. We'll start like from the beginning. Sure. So I went off birth control It's probably been two, a little over two years now. Um, Not really in like preparation to, like we weren't starting to try immediately, but I had been on birth control for several years. I mean, throughout college, I mean, it had been over 10 years at that point. So I really wanted to try to, you know, flush it out of my system. Were you on oral birth control? Yes. Um... I do not remember the brand. Yeah, no, that's fine. We won't bash any brands, (laughs) but just so the people know. Yes. Um, And I had gone off just really in, like I said, in preparation for trying one day. I wasn't sure when that time would be, but wanted to be ready once we kind of decided that it was time. So last... January. We do, um, people are, some people will appreciate this. Some people will think it's ridiculous, but we do like annual and like what we try to do quarterly. Oh, this is my favorite. (laughs) This is my favorite thing that you guys do. And I told Max, I was like, we need to pick this up because this is genius. Yeah. So we started this a couple years ago where we like kind of set up like annual goals at the beginning of the year. We'll go on a date and kind of talk about it and really like formalize it, write them down. And then the goal is that quarterly we would have, you you know, another good date and kind of check in on where we were. Molly's an accountant. Yes. <laughs> to be I fair. Am. I feel like. To be fair, it was my idea. Oh, okay. So, okay. you know. It sounds like it came from Molly. It sounds like something that would come from Molly's brain, for sure. Well, I'm going to take credit fully. I'll give you the credit. All right. it's a great excuse for for date night to spoil yourselves, but also, like, get on the same page. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's genius. I I think that's, like, such a good idea to just meet just with, like, where you're at mentally and emotionally and just everything. I think that's such a good idea. Yeah. It And it kind of all... (laughs) We were, at the time when all of this started, we were living with my parents. Um, We were in the process of building a home. So living with my parents, both not in a great mental space. And so I think it kind of came as a product of that. But it has been great for us just to really set intentional goals for the year. Um, So last year in January, when we were setting our annual goals, we really just decided like, hey, you know, I'm ready to start trying or I voiced that I was ready to start trying. Taylor, you were on the same page, right? Indeed, yes. Indeed, yes. yes. Um, I think we had kind of started those conversations before then, just 
a little more casually, not and not like casual in the sense that, you know, it wasn't a big deal, but we had started talking about it more and more. And it just kind of felt like naturally that that was the time to really start. I feel like that happens with a lot of people. It You just look at each other and you're just like, yep. Yeah. Now's the right time. Because I feel like until you have like that moment, sometimes you're really unsure if it's the right time to start or not. But yeah. And I don't think there was ever like a trigger that, you know, made me ready or made you ready, Taylor. But I think we just both agreed that it was time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, go ahead. I, I think just like at a certain point you kind of realize like, oh, like you talk yourself out of it because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I have all these plans. There's all these things I want to do. And you then, it dawns on you that there's, you'll always find an excuse. Oh yeah. Like inevitably you can find one if you want one. And I think that's the point we reached and that's sort of when we were like, all right, like we're ready. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because I do feel, myself especially, I was always like, yeah, but we have this upcoming trip and I want to be able to drink. Like, I know that's such a stupid excuse, but um, I really was talking myself out of it a lot. And so we finally just kind of got to that point where we were ready to start trying. So we, I had been tracking, just to kind of backpedal a little bit, I had been tracking my cycle ever since I went off birth control. So I wanted to know, I, the reason I started birth control in the first place was I was having periods that lasted like up to two weeks long. I mean, it was crazy. So I really was worried about that aspect of it, of coming off of birth control and making sure I had a normal cycle again. And so I had been tracking that for about a year. Um, How were you tracking? just on an app. So nothing, I, I really was just tracking like days that I was actually on my period. On your period. Yeah. And I really wasn't paying much attention to like ovulation and stuff. We were actively not trying. So we would just, you know, use methods of protection. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'd been tracking on an app. So you know, when January rolled around, I, you know, at that point had a normal period. I knew what days I was ovulating. I am actually the kind of person that can actually like feel when I'm ovulating. Mm-hmm. I can feel like the crampiness and, and things on that day. And so I pretty much know, like I'm very regular. I know the days and things like that. So. And your cycle went back to normal. You didn't have two week periods. Are you- Yeah. So. I, they would last a little longer than what I would, or what doctors say are normal. Um, but I actually, when I went for my annual earlier this year, I asked about that. This is before this story starts. So, um, I was still having periods, but, um, I asked about that and she said that, um, not to get graphic here, but the blood that was coming like the first few days of my period when I thought like, oh, I'm, you know, this is the day that I started my period. She said a lot of times that's like residual blood from your last Mm -hmm. cycle that's shedding, kind of prepping you for this new cycle. So I think I was probably like a couple days off because of that. And so kind of from that, you know, figured out my cycle a little more accurately accurately yeah. yeah so we kind of officially started trying to conceive in like January of this year so 2022 um it took i guess 4 months to actually conceive um which i know is not long compared to a lot of people out there. So I'm grateful for that. Um, but I think, I think we conceived like right at the end of April because I only remember that because Taylor got COVID at the beginning of May. So obviously nothing was happening, happening (laughs) around that time. Um, I honestly didn't really 
think that, like, I didn't notice anything different about how I was feeling or anything like that. I just was kind of going off of my cycle and had kind of started to think, like, I'm not going to take any pregnancy tests until I actually miss a period or I'm late or anything like that. I just know how regular my cycle had been at that point in time. And so I felt like that was like the best indicator. So May 18th rolls around and, um, it's funny cause Holly is kind of involved yeah. in this little I, part of the I story. I knew before Taylor and I'm very <laughs> proud of that. Yeah. So I, um, I had a facial that morning and, um, Holly and I were just, you know, talking girl talk. And she asked about, we, I think we'd had conversations mm-hmm. about just like when we would start trying. And I think the last we had talked, I told you, you know, we're not not trying. Right. And so you had asked about, about that. And I was like, well, I'm actually supposed to start my period today, but I haven't. And so I, at that point I had not taken a test. Like I did not know anything. Um, so I went home, facial was in the morning. I waited a few hours. I think it was like a little after lunchtime. And I was like, I'm just going to take a test. Like haven't started my period. It's very odd that it's not on time. And before I could get out of the bathroom to go get my phone to start a timer, there were already two lines. So, oh my gosh. Um, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm pregnant. Um, and I would, I mean, I was like in shock. I did not know how to think. I did not know how to feel. Um, what, what was mainly running through my head is like, how do I tell Taylor? I was like, do I try to do something like cute and special? And I was just like, I, I'm just going to tell like straight up tell him. So for those that don't know, Taylor and I both work from home. I work in an office downstairs. He works in one upstairs. So I walk upstairs and he's like on his computer working and um, he's like, hey, what's up? I've got a call in like one minute. And I was like, okay, (laughs) never mind. Because I was like, I'm like all excited. Like I am about to tell him this like, grand news and he's like I'm about to walk into a meeting or not walk but you know sign on to a meeting virtually um so I leave the room and I'm still like freaking out I just like I can't even describe the emotion because like all you want to do is like just like shout it but I was like I don't I don't know what to do at the in this moment so finally Taylor gets out of his like afternoon meetings and comes downstairs. And do you want to tell this? Yeah, I mean, story about the concert. Just to interject a little bit, some backstory. I'm upstairs, also freaking out and frantic and stressed because, for those who don't know, Molly is the world's largest Justin Bieber fan. Mm, Yes, and the Biebs was in town, and we were going to try to get last minute tickets and so i had spent all morning just like scouring ticket sites trying to find something that worked and was texting her like what do you think about these what do you think about this and she just like kept saying no and i was like i don't understand (laughs) like this is your super bowl like we've yeah and so this whole time i'm trying to talk to her about tickets and she is this going on having a meltdown yeah (laughs) um so Taylor comes down stairs and he comes into my office and he's like, are we going to get tickets or not? Like we need to, we just need to decide. And I was like, I don't think I want to go. And of course he's thinking that's very weird. I'm stunned. I was like, I don't understand. Are, are you okay? And, and in my attempt to save the day, I was like, oh, do you want me to like go get like steaks and I can get a bottle of wine and we can just like have a nice dinner at home. And then she drops the bomb. Yeah. So he really, you know, set it up for me well there with the bottle of wine. So I was like, well, don't think I should be drinking tonight. (laughs) Um, And his eyes 
about popped out of his head, I think. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'm pregnant. And so I think in that moment, we were obviously both like super excited. I mean, I think you gave me like a big hug and a kiss or something, but, um, I think we were both just still Mm -hmm. in shock. It's a shock. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of, at least for me, when stuff like this happens in life, I'm like, what's going through my head is, am I feeling the right emotion? Which I know is like not the right thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, but I was like, is this how I'm supposed to feel? Um, am I doing this right? Like, I, I just yeah. didn't know. I, I honestly just, like, didn't know what to expect or anything. So we, I think we went to dinner that night. Oh, yeah, because. Oh, God. <laughs> we tried. I can't even rem- I think we were, like, trying to go to Uncle Julio's or something. I don't know. Something random. But they were closed. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, not for any specific reason. Um, Should have known it was, like, doomed from the start. But um, so we ended up going to dinner. And then after dinner on the way home, I was like, let's just stop at Walgreens and get another test just to be sure. Mm-hmm. So we go in to Walgreens, get the pregnancy tests. I wanted some ice cream, too. And the cashier even made a joke. She was like, you're buying ice cream too. Don't you already know the result? <laughs> so, um, so I took so the other funny. test when we got home, obviously it was positive too. Um, and we also, uh, took our dog for a walk after we had discussed the results mm-hmm. of, of this test. And, we walked around the neighborhood and didn't say like a word to each other. Yeah. We just were both so in our own heads that we just couldn't even talk. It oh, was yeah. wild. Yeah. Um, Cause I think like you just start like rearranging your whole life around yeah. this um, and start yeah. kind of like planning it in your head. Um, I don't think I slept very well that night, but um, you know, the next day, you know, just keep going on. Mm-hmm. with normal life. I think we kind of started to talk about, okay, how do we tell our parents and um who are we going to tell and we had kind of decided the friends that we would tell like we would obviously tell immediate family, but the friends we would tell we would just keep it with a close group that mm-hmm. we would also be telling if, you know, something went wrong. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the mentality that we had going into it. Um and I, I think we told your dad and your sister first yeah. um, because we were going over to his dad's for like a pool day that weekend. That was already like planned and it just made sense for us to tell them. Mm-hmm. And then we told your mom later on that following week and then my parents the following weekend. So it was kind of like a week and a half of just us and, you know, gradually more immediate family starting to know. Obviously, parents were over the moon. This was my side. So, like, my parents, this would be their first grandchild. So, my mom was, like, we have a video of her, like, jumping up and down in circles and stuff. Um, So, everybody's super excited. Um, My parents, or my mom's immediate reaction was, like, well, who else can I tell? Mm -hmm. And I was, like no one (laughs) we haven't even like I haven't even been to the doctor yet so um I think that was kind of like weird for me in a a little bit just and I don't know if that's like a generational thing or what but um I think they were just expecting you know we can share the news with anyone Mm -hmm. one if you've already told us um but obviously we wanted to wait until you know we went to the doctor everything to know everything was fine before telling the masses. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'd say about that time. So like a week, like a few days to like a week after I took the positive test was when I started getting symptoms. So, you know, typical nausea, I never like physically got sick, but, um, I would always feel sick before, before I ate, after I ate, I was super tired. Like, Big napper. Yeah. Big napper. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just thought, you know, normal pregnancy symptoms and everything. And the I, I did start reading um, 
a friend of mine, a close friend of mine had recommended, um, expecting better. Um, I've heard recently, I've heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I really do recommend that book. It's, it's kind of, it's written by, um, I think she's like a statistician. Um, so like works a lot with data. She doesn't do anything in healthcare, but, um, she, when she was pregnant with her first child was just like, my doctors are telling me all these things, but why? Like they would never explain the why behind it. And so she kind of goes into a lot of like the statistics around things and kind of not debunks like a lot of what you hear, but just explains like why you hear certain things from your doctors and also kind of like pulls back some of that. And, um, Mm -hmm. so I really enjoyed reading that up to the point that, um, I did, I didn't, I I still haven't finished the book, but it does have a chapter on miscarriage in there. Mm -hmm. Um, and what she talks about is, you know, if you're having symptoms and nausea and stuff, it's usually a good sign. Um, so I've obviously thought everything was normal. The one thing I think I maybe like ignored a little bit and didn't really like voice to myself was about a week before my doctor's appointment. Um, I, I had kind of changed the way I was eating because I was feeling so bad after every meal. I was like feeling so incredibly bloated that it was almost debilitating. So I was like, maybe if I just try to eat like smaller, like more frequent, smaller meals throughout the day, I'll feel a little bit better. So I tried that and started feeling a little bit better. I thought it was just the way I was eating, but in hindsight, I think like my body was just like stopping Mm -hmm. the progression of the pregnancy. Um, so my, I mean, that kind of leads us up until my first doctor's appointment, which was on June 22nd. Um, I just remember that whole morning feeling just super anxious, super nervous. Obviously, like some of the nerves is we're just like not knowing what to expect. It's my first pregnancy, things like that. But there was just like an overwhelming anxiety that was kind of overtaking me. Um, I don't know, Taylor, if you. Yeah, I mean, it was very clear how anxious you were. But yeah, as an empath, I knew she's stressed. So that stressed me out a ton. And I was like, all right, we just got to get through this. And we, you know, obviously went in and um, had no way to be prepared for what was about to occur. But yeah, so um, I get called back, you know, do the whole panic up thing, all the normal stuff. And um, so I would have been nine weeks that day, Mm -hmm. um, like on the dot. And. I don't know when they start doing external ultrasounds, but this first one was an internal ultrasound that my doctor was going to do. So, um, when she comes into the room, um, you know, she gets the machine ready and everything. And so we're, you know, I'm laying down, Taylor's standing right next to the screen. We can see everything. And she's like moving the wand around inside me and we can see the like whole sack but it's empty. And I immediately knew something's wrong. Like Mm -hmm. she didn't, she didn't even say anything. And I just knew I, my heart just started like racing. Um, so she, she kind of moved the wand around, you know, for a few more minutes trying to find anything. Um, and then finally said, you know, I should see an embryo. I don't see anything right now. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned. So I, I think then she told us she was going to order and I wish I could remember what the name was, what the name of it was, but it was essentially just like a higher grade ultrasound. Um, so 
She leaves the room and I am just like, I'm heartbroken. I'm hysterically crying. Um, It just, it felt like I, I just in my heart of hearts, I didn't like, she hadn't told us anything for sure, but I just mm-hmm. knew what was happening. Um, what did you think, Taylor? I mean, it was just, it was miserable. I mean, yeah. you go into it with like expecting to see like the classic, like ultrasound picture. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't look at ultrasounds often, yeah. <laughs> but like I, I too knew something was wrong. And, yeah. um, after the fact, yeah, I mean, we're sitting there and you're, you're gutted and I, and I'm trying to be strong for her mm-hmm. and suppress some of my emotions to offset that. Mm-hmm. But still you're just, you don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was pretty devastating. Um, I think we both knew like something's wrong here. So also before, like getting to the second ultrasound, it felt like we were waiting, like years were passing by. I felt like I was in that doctor's office for a year. Um, but finally somebody comes back into the room and um, kind of escorts us down to another room to do like a higher grade ultrasound. Um, I think, I don't remember the text name that was in there, but um, it was again, an internal ultrasound, but you could see more on the screen. Um, and it was interesting because on that one, both Taylor and I, you could see the yolk sac within my gestational sac on the ultrasound screen. So I think both of us were like, Oh, like, is, is that the embryo? And we just couldn't see it on the other one. Um, but eventually I think the tech in there explained like, this is just the yolk sac. And she really was not like telling us anything. She was literally like stating the facts um, and like taking measurements and stuff. And then, um, so again, I knew something was still wrong. So eventually we finally get to go back to the original room that we were in um, and like wait for my doctor to, kind of tell us everything so after the second ultrasound um we go back to the original room that we were in and wait some more doctor my doctor eventually comes back in and tells us we had a missed miscarriage which means Essentially, I didn't miscarry naturally. It, like, hadn't happened yet. Um, I didn't really understand, like, the difference between, like, well, isn't it just a miscarriage um, versus what a missed miscarriage is. Um, So I found that out later on my own. But um, I feel like she really didn't tell us any information other than like what our options were she didn't really explain like why there wasn't an embryo in the sack or you know I know she obviously couldn't tell me the reason why we had miscarried or why I'd miscarried but um a lot of times like doctors don't know that but I just felt like I needed more information yeah um and after doing my own research, I found out that when you, when there's no embryo in the sac, essentially your body like has like the, um, gestational sac tissue has like essentially absorbed that embryo for, you know, numerous reasons. It could have been a chromosomal, um, deficiency or, you know, many other reasons, but it's called a blighted ovum or an a-embryotic pregnancy. Um, again, was told none of that. I had to yeah. do that research on my own. Um, so the doctor did give us the three options that we had. When you have a missed miscarriage, you can either 
let your body pass it naturally. You don't really know when that would happen. It could be up to six weeks, I believe. Um, you can take a medication that essentially triggers your body into passing the tissue naturally, or you can have a DNC procedure, which um, stands for dilation and curatage, I think is how you say it, um, which most people don't know is the same procedure used for abortions. Um, she didn't, she told us, you know, go home, think about it. You don't have to let us know what your decision is today. She did give me like the medication to like take with me just so that if that were the route I chose so that, you know, I didn't have to make another trip to the pharmacy or whatnot. But, um, then she asked, which I thought was like kind of random, but she asked me if I knew my blood type and I didn't know it. So she did have me go do like have my blood taken. Um, this is, Taylor can attest. This is like one of the worst parts of the story. I was just obviously in like emotional distress. Like I mm -hmm. was, I had no idea what to think or how to feel or what was going on. And so I go over to the lab to get my blood taken. I, there's a line. So I have to wait in line. At first I didn't realize like they're like that people were already waiting. And so I walked into the lab, asked one of the techs, like, you know, Hey, you know, doctor ordered, I'm still like basically crying at this point. And the woman didn't even turn around and just, you know, dismiss me to go like sit out in the waiting room, which I understand there was a line, but I, you know, was obviously having a hard time and didn't realize what was going on. The, just the insensitivity to anything was just like paramount at this point in time. And so like, I'm, you know, crying and I telling Taylor, like, I just want to go home. Like, I don't want to have to wait here. And like all this, like, I, I just don't even know like what I'm feeling at this point in time. And thankfully another tech comes to my rescue. <laughs> she was very nice. She could see that, you know, I was visibly upset. And so she called me back and can see all my paperwork, what's going on. And so, you know, she sits me down and kind of talks about random stuff just to like, I think, distract me and, um, things like that. And then finally we get to go home. And so what was that blood work for just to find out your blood type? What was the purpose? Yeah. So do we know? <laughs> yes, I do now. Um, it is, it was to know if I did choose to have the DNC procedure. Okay. Um, they have to know your blood type because if you're O negative, I think they have to give you a certain like special medication. I'm not really sure why, but mm -hmm. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, so how many weeks were you at that point at your doctor's appointment? Nine. So, okay. um, yeah, I was like nine weeks to the day. Okay. So like when people ask like how far along you were, I just mm -hmm. say nine weeks. Um, obviously I hadn't like physically miscarried at that point, but, and they, they're, they're unable to tell because there was no embryo, like when it stopped growing mm -hmm. essentially. So we go home. Well, we call, I called my mom on our way home. That was not a great phone call. I mean, I was just like hysterical. And, um, I think Taylor, did you call your parents when we got home? Yeah. Both of them. Um, not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not never the phone call you want to make. Um, nor was it the phone call anyone was expecting mm -hmm. to get either. Um, and we just laid in bed the rest of the day. I mean, I, 
I don't even really know how to explain like what I was thinking or what I was feeling. I think it was like there were so many feelings that I can't even remember what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we talked about the options eventually that day. Um, and I had kind of already made up in my mind what I wanted to do. Um, I, I wanted to have the DNC procedure because I didn't think that I would be able to handle the emotional trauma Mm -hmm. of any sort of like natural miscarriage, um, at home. I also didn't want to like selfishly have those memories at home because I just think it would be like a scar that Mm. like I couldn't get rid of. Um, so I decided to have the DNC called my doctor to let them know that. And then two days later, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that um, a missed miscarriage is also considered an abortion. For, I, like on my records, it says missed abortion. I'm, I'm still not really, I don't understand that fully, but um, a lot of abortion laws, the way they are written, um, any sort of DNC procedure was going to be outlawed so or criminalized um I don't know the right legal terms but um so this just like I at this point how I felt was that I had been like knocked down and like I would try to stand up and somebody just like kept pushing me down Mm -hmm. and like I couldn't get up um Later that day, after, like, the Roe v. Wade announcement, I mean, Taylor and I were doing, like, all kinds of research, like, talking to his brother's a lawyer and so, or an attorney, I guess they're the same thing, Um, like, asking him, like, you know, what does this mean? Like, could I possibly not have the procedure? All those things. Did you have your procedure scheduled at that point? Um, No. No? Yeah, so... Basically, like, I think Roe v. Wade was, the announcement came out at, like... It was on a Friday, right? Yeah, it was, like, 10 a.m. on Friday morning. I think I got my call about my appointment time for the DNC, like, a couple hours later. Yeah, with that, they were, like, they told Molly, like, if you want to do the DNC, let us know. We'll get you on the schedule, like, ASAP. We'll make it, like, super swift, like... And we were kind of under the impression that, like, cool, like, we'll knock this out, like, before the end of the week when we went on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. I was under the impression that, like, I would be able to have it by Friday. Mm-hmm. And so I'm still at this point waiting mm-hmm. to get put on the schedule. And we're watching the news roll in, and she's on the couch just, as she said, just defeated mm-hmm. beyond belief. And it was like, okay, like, I, like, what doctor do I need to call? And so yeah. I was like called and was like, Hey, like I know whoever you are, this is the first time you've ever talked to me, but we've had a really rough week. I don't know if you're watching the news, but we'd really love some help. And at minimum, just a bit of acknowledgement that like we can still even do this. Like, mm-hmm. can you help us out? And thankfully they called pretty quickly, but yeah, because yeah. A, a lot of the laws like, I was, I think I was starting to say earlier, um, essentially like regardless of heartbeat or not, like you can't have that kind of procedure. And so even though I knew like we would be fine under any sort of like heartbeat law, um, I didn't know if what Tennessee was going to do at that Mm -hmm. point in time. Um, so really the next week was like the quite possibly the longest week of my life. Um, the DNC got scheduled for the following Thursday, which was the 30th of June at that point in time. Um, so 
every day it felt like there was like new news, new rulings, like state rulings and things like that. And so it just was like an up and down roller coaster for the whole week. And, um, I got to, I think Wednesday, um, I had like my pre-op call and I was like, I just want to like confirm, like I can have this procedure. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, you know, assured me, yes, like everything's fine. So, um, I went in on Thursday afternoon for the procedure. Um, you do have to go under anesthesia for this procedure. Um, so they call me back. I'm like, you know, getting all the like pre-work done, pre-work done before surgery. And the anesthesiologist comes in and there's just like little things like that happen throughout this story that just, I have to tell because it just further confirms like all of this was just, just terrible. <laughs> um, anesthesiologist comes in and I can tell he's like, he's like a very bubbly person. He's trying to like, obviously surgery is difficult for everyone and it's scary, especially when you're going under. And so I could tell he was like trying to be positive and, you know, make me happy and stuff. There was nothing that was going to make me happy mm-hmm. this day. Um, I mean, I was trying to be like cordial with him and at one point he even asked, like, I think they have to hear you like voice, like what you're there to have done, um, for like records or whatnot. But I mean, he even asked like what I was there for and I told him and, um, he starts to like put in the IV and he can't get my blood to flow. I was so dehydrated because you like, you know, can't eat or drink or whatever for however many hours. And so he tried both hands, couldn't get anything, finally went to my like elbow or, you know, the other side of your elbow, whatever mm-hmm. yeah. that's called. Whatever that part of your yeah. elbow is called. We'll never know. The place where you get yeah. shots yes. and needles. Yes, exactly. Um, so he finally gets it to work. And then I just like immediately get super lightheaded, like I feel like I'm going to pass out. And I already don't do well with needles. Mm-hmm. And so I get like super emotional and worked up and I can tell he's like trying to calm me down and distract me from how I'm feeling. And the first question he asks me is, do you have kids? And I'm like, I, at this point, I'm, that makes me even more emotional and hysterical. Like I can't even get out. Like what I wanted to say was like, no, that's why I'm here. Like, read the room, dude. And again, I know, I know they are dealing with like, you know, tons of people and, um, don't all, I mean, but I think he knew why I was there. You don't have to make an excuse for him, Molly. It's fine. Yeah. (laughs) I just, I was like, really? That's what you decided to ask me? Um, so finally I like calmed down and thankfully they let Taylor like back there. I think they were like, do you want us to go get your husband? <laughs> and I was like, yes, please. Um, they came in and were like, she's a little emotional. Like, do you want to go back and see her? And I was like, yes, at, like take me back there. And yeah. Yeah. Obviously she's emotional. And she tells me that. And I was like, well, yeah, obviously. Like why, who wouldn't be after you jabbed her in the arm five yeah. times and then asked her, if she had kids when we are trying and can't right now. Yeah. Because what are you thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor comes back. Um, and really, I mean, I don't really remember because I was, you know, under anesthesia shortly after. Um, so I don't really know time very well during this point. But um, I think shortly after my doctor came in and um just kind of explained what she was going to do. Um, do you want me to explain? What yes, a DNC I would love is? that. Okay. Yeah. Essentially, they go in um, and scrape your uterus of any like 
lining that's, I guess, whatever forms, like during pregnancy, mm-hmm. any of that tissue is essentially removed and scraped out. Um, so she even said, she said, you know, you'll, she was like, this is going to be so quick. Like it will take them longer to prep you for this than it will for me to even perform the procedure. So again, I was obviously out of it. Like, I don't remember, I remember them kind of like wheeling me into the room, but beyond that, I don't remember anything. Um, and I remember waking up from the anesthesia. I was in like recovery at this point, but, um, I remember telling the nurse, I was like, I feel like I just had a really vivid dream, but I can't remember any of it. And she was like, okay, um, that's all right. (laughs) Um, she was super nice. She was probably the nicest person I dealt with that day. Um, and then I kind of came to, and I was like, I just started like bawling. I was just like, it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was like one of the lowest points in the whole process. Um, and then I think Taylor got to come back shortly thereafter. And then I was discharged not long after that either. Um, I think you just have to like go to the bathroom by yourself, um, for them to discharge you. So I was able to do that. Um, so I got to go home, um, And timing actually worked out well because it was, well, well, well in the sense that I had time to recover. It was 4th of July weekend, so Mm -hmm. I really had time to, like, not worry about work and just, like, relax and everything. Were Um, there, like, um, not symptoms. What's the word I'm looking for? Like side effects. Um, Side effects, yeah, from the procedure at all. Um, Just... A lot of bleeding. Mm-hmm. Had to wear pads for yeah. like a week. That was fun. <laughs> so it was about a week of bleeding? Yeah. Um, they say it can last like two to seven days. And if they say if like you're bleeding through a pad in under an hour, like that's a sign that something's wrong. Um, thankfully, I didn't have any like of that, any of those types of side effects. It was just normal bleeding, Mm -hmm. um, for about a week, um, maybe even a little more, but it wasn't enough to like warrant any like concern. Um, one of the side effects that I was not aware would happen, um, about day five after the procedure, I, um, got up in the morning to go to the bathroom and as I was like getting back in bed I started having like what I now know are contractions like my body was like essentially like contracting back to normal or like my uterus was contracting back to normal pre-pregnancy state Mm -hmm. and it was unlike anything I had ever felt before I I mean Taylor was laying there and I, I like could barely I was like standing up And, like, it was uncomfortable uncomfortable to sit down. Like, I could only be in, like, certain positions. And I remember, like, screaming at one point. I was like, I, like, I don't know what's happening. Um, Which means I definitely didn't know what was happening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was, like, a little weird. Um, And they didn't they didn't last super long and, um, it only happened for like a couple days. Um, so I didn't really like call the doctor or anything. I didn't think it was anything to be worried about. Um, I also was like, you know, Googling mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is not you, always the best thing, but you were just like in a lot of pain in general. Like it was just clearly super uncomfortable for her the entire time. And there's not really much, you can do other yeah. than just withstand it. What was your like thought process? And like your obviously we've talked about like Molly, you know, after was the hardest part and that's what hurt the most. And that was your lowest, like watching her go through this, you obviously felt some of the same things that she felt. You didn't feel the 
physicality of it, but emotionally. So like, what did that look like for you watching her go through this? Sorry. You're making me cry. <laughs> me too. I can breathe. <laughs> one one moment. Um take your time. Whew. It was hard. Um I mean, she got put through the ringer. I mean, just discomfort from every level um seeing just like the emotional trauma of the roller coaster ride of being pregnant and then kind of questioning if you even were um obviously like the surgery and enduring that um i well, <laughs> i'll never forget walking back to see you post-surgery and you had to get up to go pee before you left and just you stood up and you're in the gown and just like i know this might be like graphic but just like from the waist down you're just like bloodied it just looked like you had just been beat up beyond belief and i just remember thinking like how strong you were in that moment and throughout it all and then you get home post-surgery and she's having you know these cramps and these pains and it's just like i can't fathom how you felt because i felt miserable watching it um yeah so that was really hard um like i mean my admiration for molly is a million times what it was prior and i hate that that's what made it go higher but just like She's unbelievably strong, and I'm just, like, really proud of her for going through that. It's awesome. You're making me cry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's really kind of the story. Um, there was, like, a little bright spot of hope, I think, leaving the hospital. And this is honestly a part of the story that I forget sometimes, mainly because I was still kind of out of it, but, um, leaving the hospital after the DNC, um, there was a huge rainbow mm -hmm. in the sky. And, um, for those of you that are not familiar, um, when you have a baby kind of post going through like a miscarriage or a loss, um, they often call them rainbow babies. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess to kind of like tell what's happened since, I think, um, we have not like actively tried, um, again yet. I, I have been really scared. I just... I'm scared of it happening again and um that sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um so I think we're getting close to that point. Um we did just take a trip to Italy kind of as our gift <laughs> to ourselves. Um as you should just to kind of like tie a bow on like all the crappy stuff yeah. that's happened. Ending over a chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Taylor asked me a couple days ago, like, do you think, well, he asked me like, do you think doing this podcast will give you closure? And I don't think you ever, like I will ever get closure. I think there are daily reminders of the fact that I've had a miscarriage and, um, I have a couple of like really close friends who have since announced pregnancies that has been very hard. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy for them. It's just hard to know my reality mm -hmm. in conjunction with that. Um, 
so yeah, I've, I'm, I did, I did a few sessions of counseling, like specifically geared towards loss and that, that helped a little bit. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's hard to know, like, I mean, it won't ever end, like knowing mm-hmm. that that's, you know, happened until I think both of us said, like, until we actually have a baby in our arms, like, um, I, I do have a friend that went through a very, very similar situation as us. And she has since had a baby, which is, you know, another promising, hopeful sign. But, um, she said, you know, I was fearful that during my like healthy pregnancy that I would just constantly be scared. And she said, I was finally able, like once I got past that first doctor's appointment, like I was finally able to like really enjoy pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So I hope and pray that that's kind of what comes hopefully Mm -hmm. if that's in the cards for us. Um, but yeah. Is there anything I would just love to know both of your, your guys's piece of advice for someone who this might've happened to, or that could, you know, be going through this right now. Like what would, what, what did you want to hear when you were in that? Oh man. (laughs) What did I want to hear? I think that's been like the hardest thing is like no one, anything that somebody says and, and I know several people, you know, have said things to me and in like with truly like nothing but good intentions, but it is hard because there's nothing somebody can say that makes it better. Mm -hmm. Um, it is, it, I have found some peace and comfort. I don't know if comfort's the right word. I guess it is. Um, in talking to people who have also gone through it, um, Mm -hmm. and being able to hear their stories and know like the confusion and, um, the sadness obviously is not, you're not alone. Like that is how everybody has felt. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's sadly very common. I Mm -hmm. mean, this is, one in four pregnancies is the statistic right now. And, um, unfortunately I'm one of those. Um, but I mean, what advice I would give, um, is to ask as many questions as you want and do not feel guilty for that. Um, I feel like I, in those moments, like one didn't know what to ask or, um, how to ask. Um, so really advocating for yourself. I I think this goes beyond miscarriage. I think women's health in general, (laughs) just advocating for yourself. But, um, yeah, I feel like I, there were so many things that I had questions about that I didn't ask at the time. And, have since had to do like my own research on, which doesn't feel fair. Mm -hmm. Um, and then aside from kind of like the health aspect, I think Taylor and I just, we had, when we found out we were pregnant, we had gone into the pregnancy saying we want to be a 50, 50, like equal team. Like we are both bringing like equal, effort into like to this child um obviously physically there are some things that only I can do and provide but like he would know you know all the things I just feel like sometimes I see couples and this is no fault to anybody I mean it's just how people operate but we had kind of approached it under the theory that we didn't want like for me to only know like what the schedule was or what needed to be packed in like Mm -hmm. the bag to get out the door. Um, and then kind of once finding out that we had miscarried, 
I mean, we truly became that team. Um, for those of you that don't know me, I'm like a super independent person. And um, that has also caused like strain on our marriage at times. And I feel like this really helped me see Taylor as like my provider and mm-hmm. um just like how he took care of me through it all because I mean I I could not have done it on my own um I think so my advice would be lean on e- even if you don't have a partner who is like present with you find somebody that you trust and love to lean on um because I I truly don't know how I would have made it out. Mm-hmm. What yeah. would your advice be? Taylor? Well, just first, obviously Molly is a total badass. <laughs> and so um Yes, yeah, she is. You know, it's nice to have been able to step up when she needed me mm-hmm. because she doesn't need me often. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, That's shout out to you. True. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean I, I think advice on my end, um you know, I, I think there's to echo what Molly said, like there, there's nothing anybody can say or do. Um, it is just going to stick with you for a while and, and that's OK. Um, I would hope, you know, that things like this wouldn't be fleeting. Um, so. I don't know, I, I just think just like being there, like we had so many people reach out to us, say they're thinking about us. Um, bring us food bring us food or <laughs> whatever and like all of that doesn't go unnoticed and we're super appreciative for the love and support we received on that end um yeah i think as well like and i'm not saying like everybody like the quote cure is to like book a international trip like, <laughs> i want to be very clear yeah. i'm not saying that but for us booking a trip gave us something to be excited about again. Mm-hmm. You know, we had really reorganized and restructured our lives in anticipation for having a baby. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're not, and you're like, okay, well, what now? Mm-hmm. And so for us, being able to, to plan a trip and enjoy it gave us something to look forward to and to be excited about. Um, and I think that did a lot for, for us. Um, and I think that might be other things for, for other people. Um, but it's, you have to find time to do something you're excited about because it, this more than anything, it's very easy to wallow in Mm self-pity and you've got to break out of it somehow. And I'm not suggesting that's easy by any means, but search for that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any resources, books, anything that you use and if not that's totally fine too um no I mean sadly I mean I I wasn't I didn't want to read like anything about miscarriage or I I kind of just wanted to like further distance myself mm-hmm. from it I'm I mean therapy I'm I'm so thankful for I think I'm very open and you know willing to tell my story but it was helpful to you know tell somebody with who's like not involved um, with me personally. And so that definitely helped. Um, And then find, you know, finding people um, who have been through something similar. Um, I'm thankful that I knew of friends that Mm -hmm. this has happened to. Um, And so I also found friends who I didn't know had had miscarriages before. Um, so I think it's, it's obviously a topic that, um, a lot of people don't like to talk about and like to share mm-hmm. about, but obviously I'm willing to, yeah to tell my story and, you know, if anybody is going it, through the same thing or something similar, you know, I'm happy to, to share with them as well. So how, like, 
plug yourselves. If you want people to reach out to you, how do you want them to reach out to you? If they have questions about the procedure that you had or anything, or just want to reach out or husbands want to reach out to some, another husband who's been through the same thing their wife is going through. Yeah. Um, I guess Instagram is probably the easiest place. Um, Molly W. Franklin. Molly is with an IE. That's my handle. <laughs> really uh, straightforward. You probably don't say that a lot. No, I don't no, talk about I my don't. Instagram handle that much either. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, for me, this will be funny for you all. Um, you can find me on Instagram or TikTok under Frank Juice. It's a F R A H N K Juice. Um, I make drinks on the internet. So yeah, it's pretty good only, at it, yeah. actually. Yeah, that was real fun when I couldn't drink. I yeah. was. Oh, I bet. Because Taylor, Taylor doesn't just make drinks. He makes fancy drinks. Yes. Fancy, well, fancy. If you're gonna <laughs> muddled things and sparkling things, and... if you're gonna make them, you might as well make them right. So I agree. You know, but yeah, and I will say, kind of going back to one of those questions, like that was a really great creative outlet for me. Mm-hmm. during all of this and so I'm, I'm thankful that um i had that um because again something to look forward to but yeah like for me i know like i feel like molly has had so many friends that she's been able to talk to that have been through this and um i don't want to generalize but i feel like this is a topic that's easier discussed between women often mm-hmm. and for me like there weren't really that many opportunities for those kind of interactions and so yeah, if there's anybody out there going through this, like, please reach out. Like, would love to talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. You're not alone. Yeah. Thank y'all so much for sharing your story. Yes. It's y'all. I'm y'all are beautiful people, the most beautiful people, and I'm my heart is with you. And I know that you sharing this story is a lot, and I know that it's not easy and it's hard. But somebody, even if it's just one person is going to cling on to this for life. And that's yeah. that's why we tell these stories. Yeah. And that's why I've got a podcast. And that's why we're doing this. <laughs> yes. Um. So thank you all so much just for sharing everything. And I can't wait for a positive pregnancy and a sweet baby for y'all because you're going to get it. Yes. You're going to get it. We hope so. Yeah. And even if you don't, you're just awesome people in general. <laughs> so, like, you don't even need it. Yes, Taylor yeah. and Molly are the type of people that, like, they could be, like, the cool people that just travel the world and do their that own would thing. That would be fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got options. You got options. I mean, not a bad consolation prize. No, but not yeah. at all. Not at we, all. We shall see. Yes. Well, thank you all so much. Absolutely.